0: On today's show, we're going to be looking back and summarizing series five of the MoneyEd podcast, exploring the world of investing. This is a great series for those of you who have wanted to get into investing for the first time, and hopefully, we've been able to cover some of the key points, areas about investing that you guys really need to know, and we felt they were most important to you when starting your investing journey. Investing should be accessible to everyone, and having a basic understanding of the fundamentals of investing. And what's required is really important when pursuing your personal finance journey. So we hope you enjoyed this series and I hope you guys look forward to all the rep- new episodes we're going to bring into the new year. MoneyEd is an education platform for young adults who want to better understand personal finance and gain greater confidence in managing their money. Each week, we'll address the important topics within personal finance that really matter to you in an informative yet easy to listen to approach. The best way to improve your personal finance is through education, and we want to provide a place where you can learn outside of the classroom, office, or lecture hall. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to our final episode of our latest series, Exploring the World of Investing. First of all, I want to say Happy New Year to all of you guys. I hope you guys had great time celebrating it however you did hopefully at home um and that sounds really boring doesn't it but um I really want to wish you guys a happy new year and hopefully you know a much better 2021 I think we can all hopefully look back on 2020 and you know wasn't the best year but that's this gives scope for 21 2021, 2021 to be an amazing year so I think it's gonna be great for all of us and there's gonna be lots of positivity and you know it's still going to be i don't think it's going to be that much different to the last 6 months of this year there's still going to be a lot of uncertainty there's still going to be a lot of restrictions etc but i think you know i feel like with the vaccines now the turn of the new year it's an opportunity for us to you know push on and really beat this virus and beat everything that comes with it all the negativity and and everything etc so yeah This is, as I said, the final episode. This is an episode summarizing series five, the series all about exploring the world of investing. And this was, this series, this investing series has been a culmination of all the previous series we've spoken about, because I truly believe it's crucial to understand and have a a real kind of um, structure behind your personal finances before you get into investing. That includes things like, as we've spoken about before, understanding how your income and how much money you have left to invest, saving, you know, because essentially a lot of the money you save will be put towards investing and, you know, realising the benefits of actually investing that saved money and not just leaving it in cash. And we've also got, you know, managing your outgoings because also when you're, and you're spending so much, or when you don't manage your spending well enough, or you don't budget, etc., you're not gonna have that much money left over to save, or you won't have as much money to save and invest. So the previous four series have really led up to this investing series, and you know, investing is my favorite part of personal finance. I think it's the most interesting part, and it's also the most rewarding because you are creating long term wealth, you are you know, you're making your money grow and you're making your money work for you, and Yes investing isn't a short term thing it is certainly a long term game as i've always said but if you start investing early enough you can really generate and accumulate a large sum of money which you know in can be used in 10 years either for buying a house deposit for example or you know at retirement or for kids or whatever you know the list of possible options to utilize this money is is really endless and even if it's just to save it you know and just to grow money and just to have it there in case of something goes wrong, you know, it has so many opportunities and there's so much uh, possible scope for where what your money can do when you invest it. So as I said at the start, I hope you guys enjoyed this series. We've covered a lot. Unfortunately, it was broken up a little bit by you know some personal things, unfortunately, um, but I'm glad we've gotten to the end of it and I'm glad we've been able to complete it. Um, so this episode is just basically going to be summarizing what we've spoken about and you know some of the key points I want you guys to remember from the series which I think you should always take into any part of your investing and you know if you don't want to listen to the rest of the series and just want to kind of find out the key takeaways from this series then just check this one out you know. So I'm going to go straight into it and previously what I've done when summarizing um, series is basically just gone through each episode individually but because there are so many episodes in this series I didn't want to do that and I wanted to just go straight into and for the interest of time I wanted to go straight into looking at you know the five key takeaways i think are most important from this series but also investing in general which we've covered so just briefly as i said at the start we have essentially covered the fundamentals of investing for retail investors and for big for beginner beginner investors which i believe a lot of people are because investing can often seem like something that is quite scary uh, quite kind of opaque quite unachievable for a lot of people because you know, they believe or people believe that it requires a certain level of education to invest. But nowadays in the modern world, in the modern tech world, there are so many easy ways you can invest. And hopefully over this series, if you've listened throughout every episode, you've realized that and have been able to identify a way you can make investing work for you. And one of the key parts about that, and one of the first point I'm going to make, and one of the most important takeaways, I think, from this series is that, Investing doesn't have to be complicated and it should be done simply, consistently and in what you're happy with. And so I'm just going to delve into what each of those mean and investing can be as simple as you want it to be. It can be as simple as depositing £25 a week or a month into an account. Which you don't have any, we don't have much control over which what investments are being done in there. But you know that it is a set strategy. So i spoke on the show before. Moneybox have a great service where they, you basically invest money in an ISA. They have a strategy. It's either cautious, balanced, adventurous, or sustainable, for example. And you will invest your money periodically, each week, each month, however frequently you want to do it. And they will they will invest that in a fund for you. So, I mean, that is, and that is essentially Moneybox, that is essentially a robo-advisor, that is essentially the, I, I would say, the easiest way of investing if you don't want to get hands on at all. But I think simplicity, simplicity and kind of investing in what you're happy with completely depends on who you are as a person and what you, what you believe, uh, what you want to invest in, essentially, because as I touched on before, you know, personal finance is personal. Everyone's level of um, kind of education everyone's desire to invest everyone's desire to manage their money is completely different and completely individual so for someone who works a pretty strenuous job who doesn't have the time to do a lot of research they might just want to use that option with a robo-advisor and just invest in a strategy and where it just takes some of your money each month each week and that's that and you don't have to do anything and it does it all automatically for you. On the other hand for me for example I would say Investing simply and consistently would be every time I get my paycheck, every time I get my salary at the end of each month, I will automatically have a set sum of money that I'm going to invest. And I've decided that based on you know what I earn and um, my kind of predicted outgoings that I've worked out from previous months. And I will invest that money based on you know how I want to, what I've decided I'm going to invest in that month, whether it's just putting more money in assets I already own or looking at new assets. Um, that is that is my w- idea of simplicity. I can never say that word, simplicity. Um, but there are a number of ways you can invest um, simply. For example, in episode eight, I looked at and explored you know ETFs and this whole idea of periodically investing into ETFs and. In that show, we basically—I was actually joined by guest David from Rise ETFs, which is a, a fund management house which manage a, a number of ETFs in different sectors, in different industries, etc. And we basically spoke about why ETFs are so beneficial, and we spoke about this whole idea of passively investing and not, you know, not actively investing, and you know, you you invest in a fund that accesses a broad, diversified number of assets essentially investing in the market and you can invest in index funds which will track uh, like the FTSE 100 or the S&P 500 or as we spoke about on that show you can invest in more niche uh, sector ETFs for example you can invest in the cloud computing ETF you can invest in uh, nutrition which which looks or education digital education for example and you know, you've got all these different options where you're still selecting the investment. Yes, you're still saying, "Okay, I think that market is going to do well," or "I think that sector specifically is going to do well." But it's passive because you you are you're not you're not actively picking the specific companies. You are just owning a diversified number, of say like fifty companies, if it's a sector ETF, or if it's a FTSE one hundred, you'll be owning the hundred largest companies on the UK stock exchange. Same with the S&P 500, that is the 500 largest stocks on the uh, on the New York Stock Exchange. So passive investing for a lot of you could be another way of um, investing simply, uh, investing consistently with, uh, you know, but just by tracking your market, because you don't have to do the work of, you don't have to be actively selecting and researching companies. So I think, you know, the simplicity is down to what you uh, want to invest in and identifying what you're happy with investing in. Uh, the consistency is dependent on you periodically investing that money, however, however frequently that is, whether it's weekly or monthly. You know, like me, I do with my paycheck. And the benefit of that is you're investing in assets uh, over over a long period of time. You're constantly putting your money in, so you don't have to worry about price changes or you know timing the market. You know, one of the key things I said as others, you know, right at the start of the show is it's always, always way more important to spend time in the market than timing in the market, and I think that's more evident than ever, especially this year, because you know if we look at March, where there was a 30% drawdown in majority of financial markets, if you had stayed in that, if you stayed invested throughout that whole period, you actually probably would have, in a lot of markets, you would have actually come out positive this year. The Nasdaq is up 40% this year. I think the S&P 500 is up 14%, something like that. So if you'd stuck through that, period of decline that period of drawdown then you actually would have come out the other side um relatively unscathed unfortunately that's not that you can't say the same thing for the FTSE 100 which is still i think down about 10 percent this year um, but that is uh, very much dependent on what what companies and what sectors the make up the FTSE 100 and actually if you check out my check out our latest instagram posts i did a whole kind of Uh, post on comparing those three indices and comparing the sectors that are in them because it's the sectors and the companies within those three indices that made the difference in terms of their performance this year you know this whole idea of um, the covid winners and the covid losers and you know i think again if if you don't want to worry about that sort of stuff it doesn't matter you just you 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 just invest in an index because of it over the long term, if you look back in history, no matter how big recessions have been, no matter how big market drawdowns have been, the market has always increased over a 20 twenty, thirty year period. So even if you look at it that way, you don't even have to consider it. But as I said, it's just all down to what you're happy with and what is simple for you. The second point I think and the most I would say the most important takeaway when you're starting investing and considering getting to investing is understanding your risk. And this includes your risk appetite and also your capacity for loss. So episode two was all about um, understanding risk. And the reason your level of risk is so important is because it essentially determines which and what return you get. You know, it's oft- I think it's often very confused that, you know, return is a function of risk. But actually, it's the other way around. Your level of risk you're willing to take is a function of uh, how much return you'll get. Because the first thing you should always consider is you know, your risk appetite, what you're happy to invest in, and also how much you're willing to lose. Because return, risk and return are, you know, inextricably linked in the sense that as risk increases, the likelihood is that your your return increases. You know, if you're willing to increase risk and the level of risk you're taking, you're willing to accept a higher return. So if you, you know, if you are relatively risk averse, you don't like risk, you're going to invest in uh low risk assets essentially you're going to if you want to invest in low risk equities you're going to look at bigger companies you're going to look at um you're going to look at investing in funds you're going to look at etfs which are low risk simply because of their diversification so they have low low uh, systematic risk so if you're looking at investing in specific funds you might look at you know cautious funds balanced funds funds that uh have fixed income in them as well you know multi asset funds that balance the two quite well whereas if you're a- actively investing, so if you're selecting the specific companies, you're going to be taking on more kind of investment-specific risk, um, you know, more non-systematic risk. And it's essentially about managing that because with, you know, as you, as I said, you take a higher risk, take a higher return, and risk is essentially the volatility of returns, the volatility of uh, co- company share price. Um, but And so if you, you know, if you're happy with seeing, you know, 10%, falls in one day like we have seen with the likes of like Tesla for example where we've seen you know 10% fall in one day then a 6% rise the next day then yeah that is a very risky company that is a very risky asset to hold and so if you are happy accepting that level of volatility and that level of risk then you you will benefit from or you know possibly benefit from generating higher returns and if you held on to Tesla this whole year you would have had a like a six 700 percent increase in your in the capital invested. So, but that hasn't come with. As I said, it's days where it's fallen down ten percent and increased ten percent. So, I think it's it's essentially the most important thing, risk, because it determines what you want to invest in. So, I think if you want to understand more about risk, episode two was you know that's as it shows how important it was. It was the second episode in the series because it's it's fundamental to your investing journey. So that's risk and that was the second point I wanted to make and the second key takeaway from this series. The third key takeaway is (laughs) a bit different and slightly shorter but it's essentially just about getting started as soon as possible. I know it's really cliche um, but as I said at the start you know investing is all about generating long-term wealth and the sooner you can start investing in assets that will grow and, and hopefully grow and outpace inflation which is you know again a massive risk for those of you who are currently just invested in cash and just have cash in your savings account. If you're able to own assets that can increase and get a greater return than inflation, then you are going to be growing your money at a real rate. And also, we haven't even discussed one of the most powerful parts of investing is and that which is compounding. And you know, compounding your returns. The earlier you start, the more likely your wealth is to grow and compound at a faster rate. And Again, I've spoken before on the show so many times, you know, compounding, compounding returns, compounding interest is one of the most powerful tools for us as young investors, as young savers. And it's the probably the single-handed most powerful way we can grow our wealth. You know, unless you, you know, manage to win the lottery or, you know, start up a very successful business and sell it for a lot of money or you're a professional athlete and so you are earning lots of money already. For us you know normal folk <laughs> i'd say to say you know so to speak um compound interest is the greatest way to generate wealth over the long term and i think the earlier you start as i said the more the the faster you can benefit from that so just get started you know if you're if you're just having uncertainties as i said at the start you know get started as soon as possible make it simple and then if you develop a greater interest then by all means, explore it more, you know, you know, read more, learn more, I had numerous conversations with people who, you know, six months ago hadn't even thought about investing. And now and now they're looking at doing their own research on specific companies, they're investing in, you know, different assets, not just ETFs and funds. And it's great to see that, you know, and it shows actually that I think once people realise that they can grow their money this way, and, you know, generate wealth, it's it's actually quite exciting, and it's quite interesting, and you want to do it more, no doubt, this year has been quite unique. That's what I will always say. So, a lot of people have made a lot of money, whereas next year they might lose a lot of money by adopting the same strategies and the same ideas. So, just start as soon as possible, please, people, all of you. A little plea from me, a new year request, um, and hopefully this series has you know will enable you to do that. You know, if you if you see any episodes, if you see the episodes in this series that you think can have benefited you, then that's great, and help you learn more and that's brilliant and that's 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 me doing my job essentially so that's the third point start ASAP Rocky the fourth point and something I kind of was a bit hesitant to uh, talk about here but I just wanted to address it because it's kind of a little pet peeve of mine but it's important because it's a big part of investing at the moment and this is all this whole idea of actively investing versus passively investing the whole debate around that so I am I'm quite impartial with this discussion, if I'm honest. You know, for full for full disclosure, I do own both passive investments and also active investments, and I adopt you know that kind of dual strategy because it works for me. It works best for me. So I will have a convict. I'll have conviction in a number of uh, specific assets that I believe will do well in the next five plus years. For example, I own uh, Alphabet, which is the parent company of Google. I own a few shares in that. I own shares in CrowdStrike, which is a much smaller company, but it is focused on cybersecurity, and it's a leading cybersecurity company. So, those are two examples of companies I've researched myself, and I believe they're going to outperform in the next, you know, five to ten years. So, I am willing to take the higher risk of investing in specific specific companies, specific equity, because I believe they can generate a higher return. And that's what research is about. That's it's, it's determining whether you believe assets will grow over the over the kind of medium to long term. Having I mean, said that, I also own broader passive investments. So an example of this is a FTSE small cap uh, ETF, which basically tracks the FTSE small cap index, um, and also a video game and esports ETF. You know, so this is a bit more niche, but it tracks a specific sector, and it's this whole idea of a thematic ETF. So it tracks a theme rather than a broad market, and. I know a lot of people push this argument that you should only invest passively and I do understand why especially for beginners investors who perhaps don't have the time to research as much or don't have the willingness to research as much they are really good low cost um, you know low risk easy to manage investment uh, you know assets and opportunities and so and they also generate a good return you know if you look at the Nasdaq it's generated 40% this year if you'd invested in it so if you'd simply owned an index tracker that tracked that, you know, that index. Um, but at the end of the day, you're entitled to do whatever you want to do. and um, That is the beauty of personal finance. You know, if people believe that passive investing is the best thing to do and it's all you should do, then that's great. They're entitled to their own opinion, much as I'm entitled to my own opinion and you are to yours. So that's why I said, you know, do something that and invest in assets that you are happy with. Uh, because and then they shouldn't. You shouldn't be investing in what other people are investing in, even if you know, even if like you look at someone like Warren Buffett. He's a fantastic investor, um, one of the greatest of all time. But don't just invest in assets because he does it. You know, it's always important to do your own research and have the real belief that this is a good investment. This is a good asset to invest in. So you know, I'm an, as a, as you probably can tell, I'm an advocate for investing actively, as for me personally, investing is something I'm passionate about and I spend a lot of time on. But I'm also at the same time aware of the real benefits of investing passively, especially for beginning investors, you know, as I said. So I will always promote them both equally, as that's my own personal position. You know, I know I wouldn't want to just say to you guys, I believe passive investing is the best for you but not believe that in in myself. You know, regardless of I think it's the best thing for beginner investors, I'm always going to say what is my own my own situation and my own personal opinion. So and look, and you know, I as I said before, you know, I have a fr- I've a good friend of mine who he only just started investing this year and we started, I helped him out and we started looking at passive investments, ETFs, funds. But so quickly he gained such an interest that he was actually willing to take time out of his day to research specific investments in specific companies. And now he is invested in specific assets, which is which is brilliant because it shows like once you gain interest, but that's that's the way you should do it. You know, you shouldn't, he, he never invested in anything because I told him to. I pointed him in the direction of uh, some you know different assets he could invest in but he always then came to me and said I've read this I've read that I'm going to do this I'm going to do that and that's the way you should do it really but one of the most important things about this whole debate I think and the reason I think a lot of people promote passive investing is because you know active investors professional active investors you know they do it for a living they they are actively researching companies and you know so for a lot of people it may seem quite unachievable to actively invest and actively select your own companies however active investing does not require like a professional qualification and it doesn't require you to spend 20 hours a week looking at one company or one asset you know you know one of the greatest active investors you know in history you know of the 20th century was a guy called Peter Lynch and he believed that you know retail investors just like you and me you know were actually actively researching companies every day by simply observing products and services that were growing around the world. You know, he was he was a massive advocate of this whole idea of invest of of buying of buying what you know. And this is something that I've personally adopted, and I know a lot of people do, because it's a you know we if you if you just look back in history and if you look back in say like two thousand eight, and I've spoken about this before. If you were relatively clued on, you would have seen the rise of smartphones and specifically apple iphones and i don't have to go and tell you you know if you'd invested in apple in 2008 you'd have made a lot of money because obviously people know that and i hate doing that sort of comparison but it's true and if you look today if you look at some of the products and services that are big today and have done well this year if you look back when they first started started on the scene you would have seen that they had the potential you know one classic example is zoom you know within within two weeks of lockdown happening in uk the whole all of my mates are just saying, oh, let's zoom, let's do this, let's, let's, let's have a Zoom catch up. They weren't saying let's let's FaceTime, let's, you know, that's video call. They were literally saying let's zoom. It's essentially the same thing as I'm gonna Google something. It's not, it's not um video calling anymore. It's not FaceTime, it's Zoom. Everyone zooms. And you and if you look at the you know the the share price appreciation of Zoom this year, it's again, it's like 450%, something like that. It's crazy. So you don't have to. You didn't have to research Zoom and look at its financials to understand that it was going to grow a lot this year. You just had to understand that it was a popular product and people liked it, and it was simple to use, and lots of people were using it, and that's all you needed to know. So that's what that kind of. I'll kind of finish that little discussion on that. Um, but I just, oh, I just frustrating. Like seeing personally for me, it's frustrating seeing people and like because obviously I'm active on you know finance Twitter, active on. Uh, instagram etc and you see loads of pages and it's just oh passively invest this passively invest that and it's just a bit of a pet peeve of mine um just like shoving it down people's throats like just how about you just say invest in what you want however you can do this or that as i've said i don't know rambling on a bit but anyway that is the fourth point you know the active versus passive debate so to summarize really (laughs) To summarise, just do what you want, just invest in what you want, but always ensure that you research it and you spend time researching the specific asset, okay? And the final one, and one I'm quite passionate about, is sustainable investing. And this was one of our more recent episodes, I believe it was episode 12. And I just think sustainable investing is a great way to essentially just help the planet, like, I, I, and in the episode, if you if you want to find out all about sustainable investing, please go and check out the episode because I talk about it in in great detail in the ways you can sustainably invest and, you know, why it's so important to us. But one thing I'll say is, look, I don't think I'm the most, I don't live the most sustainable lifestyle. And I'll admit that, you know, I eat a lot of meat, I drive my car a lot, you know, so I, and as much as I do try to live sustainably in a way that I can still enjoy my life, you know, I, I eat meat because I enjoy it, that sort of thing, you know. So, But my kind of belief is that financial institutions will play the biggest part in solving the kind of climate change crisis, sustainability crisis, you know, making ourselves, our planet, a greener and, you know, more socially positive place. So and sustainable investing is one way you can do that is literally providing the companies that you believe are helping the environment or helping the world grow. You, you are the one who decides where your money goes and how they get their money. Because don't forget, at the end of the day, when you're investing in a company, yes, you're owning a share, but you're also giving the company um, cash to grow. You're giving them capital to grow and invest. And if, you, if you're allocating that money to companies that are investing in projects and innovating and creating products and services that can benefit the planet, then I think you're equally having a very important part to play. Um, even if you you know have a you know large C O two footprint carbon footprint you know, and sustainable investing isn't isn't difficult either. There are so many ways you can invest sustainably. You know through E T F s, through active funds, through as I said, selecting specific companies. It's really it's grown massively in the last, especially the last five ten years since climate change has become such an important topic, and I think it's only going to grow further. Again, I put a post on Instagram the other day. I think just looking at how fast the you know the sustainable investment ESG space is growing in the EU specifically, but I believe now that we've got a president that believes in. That believes in climate change. I think we're also going to see that in the US as well. And if you just look at some examples of uh, assets, you know, sustainable assets that have, you know, been available to the public and for retail investors for a while now, this year especially, they've grown massively. So if you look at one common one is iShares Clean Energy ETF, which is an ETF that tracks an index of clean energy companies, you know, renewable energy, that has grown, I think, 70% this year, which is massive. And It also removes the debate of of you know that the fact that you're sacrificing uh financial return for sustainability and for positivity you know so that's the final point i would like to make personally i think is really important because it's something i always do as well it's always ensuring that companies do have a sustainability focus and you know there is a lot of you know chit chat at the moment about kind of greenwashing and how some companies are kind of Making their sustainability seem better than it actually is, um, but there's so much information now out there, available. You know, public information available on companies and their sustainability and you know what they're doing for climate change, etc., and improving the world's social dilemmas. So, you know, take the time to, you know, research that. And if sustainable investing is something you're passionate in, you know, do do engage in it. And if you're passionate about helping the planet, but you haven't gotten into into investing yet because you think it's a bit dirty or you think there's a bit of you know there are issues around it and finance and investing does have a bad name unfortunately but I think it's with the growth of sustainability it's going to improve and it will hopefully enable more people to get involved in investing and you know grow their wealth and increase their wealth so that is the fifth and final point is the whole idea of sustainability and sustainable investing so that is it that is my five key takeaways from the Exploring the World of Investing series. And that is it for series five. That is it for what's been my favorite uh, series. It has come with its challenges, I will not lie, but I've really enjoyed it. And I hope you guys have gotten loads and loads of value out of it. Because as I said at the start, investing is, I think, the most important, interesting, and important part of personal finance. And I think it's the thing that most people uh, take the longest to get into and take the longest to um, get involved with. So I hope this this series the episodes you've listened to have encouraged you and kind of inspired you to do that and take action and of course as always if you have any questions on any of the topics we've spoken about uh you know you can get in touch with us uh you know on instagram on twitter or you can email us so that is it i hope you guys have a great rest of the week i will be posting another episode next week explaining what's going to happen next kind of like an interim an introduction to the next series and you should expect the first episode of our newest series series six in two weeks time so do keep your eyes peeled for that i think you're going to really really like this one uh it's kind of going to be interesting it's going to be the first of its kind on the show and i think it's going to set us up some really really interesting conversations so that's it, guys. Happy New Year again. Hope you have a great week. And as always, keep spending, keep saving, keep investing, keep doing what you're doing. And I will chat to you next week. Cheers.